0: The grief cycle, this is really important because if we just look at the future right now, all of my goals, all of my dreams, everything that I want to happen in the future has just been wiped clean. I've got a clean future. There's nothing out there. And the problem with nothing out there in the future, you have nothing to live for. See, what happens with goals, when you set a goal, and it might be for the 19th of July 2022, that creates a future memory. But when a pandemic comes through and all of a sudden all these goals are just wiped off the face of your earth and your your future, all of a sudden you start going the grief cycle because you start to grieve the loss of your future.
1: Welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast with business strategist, speaker, and author Gavin Preston. Tap into this meeting of minds between everyday business people on their journey to master business growth. Join them as they share strategies, insights, and shortcuts to help you survive and thrive in business and life as you scale your business and achieve a bigger impact. Hi, Gavin here. Welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast, episode 92. And welcome to another in my mini-series, Keep Your Boat Afloat, Business Survival Guide for COVID-19 Times. Today, we've actually welcomed back, pretty quickly actually, uh, Daniel Tolson. Um, The reason why is he's got a lot of experience Talking to, talking about coaching people around their emotional journey. And we actually have a really interesting conversation. We take some really uh, well-researched and well-known models such as uh, the grief curve, or the um, you know the bereavement work of Dr. Uh, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, and also Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs, and applies them to what we're all going through now, and that emotional roller coaster with some in denial, some in anger, um, s- some in blame, um, some actually feeling really down in the dumps, and others coming out the other side actually to acceptance and hope. So, we have a really good conversation about that. And also, a perspective that those that were at the top of Maslow's hierarchy at needs, you know, the hierarchy goes from survival needs through to self actualization. Those that are feeling uh, self expression, self actualization, as business leaders, feeling on top of their world two weeks ago, actually could have flipped back around, totally around, and be in survival now. It's uh, so a really interesting conversation, but more specifically, some suggestions of what you can do to help you get through this kind of emotional journey, so that you get to a point of being able to accept, create, and reinvent yourselves and your business through this period of change. Hello and welcome to the Business Mastermind Podcast. I've got the great pleasure of rather rapidly bringing Daniel Tolson back onto the podcast because I think his knowledge and expertise um, around uh, people's emotional journeys and response is absolutely apt for the mini-series I'm doing called Keep You Boat Afloat. Uh, business Survival Guide in COVID-19 Time. So, Daniel, welcome back and thank you for making the time available at short notice.
0: Well, thank you. I'm, I'm glad I'm here. Um, I escaped COVID-19, but I still ended up in the hospital, if you've got 30 seconds to hear that story. Oh, go on.
1: <laughs> I've I read this story on social media. And I think it's hilarious. So, come on. This is well so worth I, a listen to.
0: I went to Malaysia, came home. They closed the border 24 hours after I landed. And everybody after me had to go into self-isolation. So I thought I'd come back. I'd um, take extra vitamin tablets just to boost the immune system. And uh, two days later, I started to get some really bad diarrhea. And my wife said, do you think you got COVID-19? And I wanted to be optimistic. And I said, look, I don't think so. I'll just keep taking more vitamins. So I kept taking more vitamins and the diarrhea got worse. And every time I had diarrhea, I took more vitamins. until my wife said, you've got to go to the hospital. And so I said, look, let me go to the doctor first. I went down to the doctor's surgery. They all freaked out because they thought I had COVID-19, but all my vital signs were fine. So uh, that was 3 p.m. in the afternoon. 7 p.m. I went to the hospital, x-rays, tests, clear. And they said, there's nothing wrong. And I went back home and I still had diarrhea. The next day I reached into the drawer and I took out some pills. My wife said, what are you doing? I said, I'm just taking some vitamins. She said, they're not vitamins. I said, well, what are they? She said, they're my laxatives. No way. (laughs) I am taking six laxatives a day (laughs) for four days straight. And every time I had diarrhea, I'd take another couple. And so I'd (laughs) put myself in the hospital with diarrhea. (laughs) So you've now gone through your own cleansing program. Oh, absolutely. And I'm I'm much lighter, I'm thinner, my face has thinned out everything.
1: <laughs> You're feeling great. Well, thank goodness thank goodness that you, you've not had um, you've not had coronavirus. So today, you know, we just had a bit of a a bit of a chat before we started, and there's there's the UK is probably a couple of months behind your experience in Taiwan. Mm. So I think the first thing that let's start off with is what was it like in kind of like January where you are in Taiwan? And was it like now? Because I want the story of there is light at the end of the tunnel uh, to, to to be shared.
0: Well, in, in January, we got news of this thing called uh, China virus. And the rumours went around that the Chinese had been eating exotic animals. And there was yeah. pictures of bats on the internet that people were reading. And then people started to panic about this uh, COVID-19. And we responded really quickly here in Taiwan. And the, the benefit of Taiwan, it's about 98%, 99% just Taiwan. So it's one culture, one understanding. So the government put some really strict restrictions out there. And what we saw happen really quickly was everybody went out and bought toilet paper. <laughs> everybody bought toilet paper they bought the sanitizer S-
1: same here yeah they'd they be taking your laxatives or your wife's life of colour? <laughs>
0: they, they shouldn't no wonder they need bloody toilet paper <laughs> and people went into a bit of a panic mode but our government stepped in and said look what we're going to do is we're taking all the masks off the shelf we're taking all the sanitizer off the shelf and we're going to distribute it so there's no panic buying so all the shops uh, all the shelves were stripped and they took the masks and the sanitizer to the local. It started off at 7 11 because that's government controlled, but then it went to the chemists. So what they did was Gavin, if if on a Monday um, your number on your health card, healthcare card ends up in 002, you're an even number, you can get masks on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can also get sanitizer. Daniel, because yours ends up in 007, and you've got a license to kill, you can come on Tuesday, (laughs) Thursday, and Saturday to get masks. So what happened was everybody got masks. Everybody got sanitizer, and the panic buying stopped. Then what we had was uh, Chinese New Year came in, and all the activities were still taking place, but everybody was wearing masks. Life went on. Uh, Things slowed down a little bit, and then we had another two weeks where they shut down the schools. And they said, because children are very susceptible to it, we don't want them to go to school, so we held our children back from school. Uh, my boy, he had four weeks off, but my girl had two, an extra two weeks off. Then all the kids went back to school. All the restaurants opened. Things are a little bit slower, and I think that's because people are probably concerned about their money. But things are open. Right. The world is still turning over here. The sun's still rising in the east. Yeah, yeah. And it's the same sun that you're getting, hopefully, in the UK. So, yeah. You will get past this. We went through the first wave. You're hitting your first wave. We've hit a second wave, and now we learned more about the first one. So we're just a little bit more aware of the things we should and shouldn't do, but the world's still turning. Business is still operating.
1: So what do you mean by your second wave? What There's a, there's a, a, a resurgence of cases again then?
0: Well, we controlled it internally here, but now what's happening is people who we call them ABC, American-born Chinese, Australian-born Chinese, they're now coming back to Taiwan to check on their families, but they're bringing COVID-19 back with them. Right. And this is the same second wave that's just gone through China. So what uh, Taiwan has done is there is no transit travelling. So if you're flying from Australia to the UK, you can stop in Taiwan, change the aircraft, but you can't leave the airport. Right. And when I was in Malaysia... They let me back through because I'd been to Malaysia and it hadn't been identified as a high risk place. But 24 hours later, they shut the border from there, and then everybody got quarantined. So it's self quarantine here, and the fine is about thirty thousand US dollars. Should you leave the house during your 14 day quarantine? Whoa, that's a big penalty. Massive, and they're not mucking around. But no. it protects everybody, and because. We're a community-based society. We think differently. See, Australia and the UK, we're all individuals. Mm -hmm. And uh, we have this thing called distance to authority. We have very close distance to authority here. And if the government says jump, we say how high. Sure. But in Australia or in the UK, the government says jump and everybody says, oh, hell with you. Bugger off. I'm not going to (laughs) jump. That's so true. (laughs) That's what's happening. You can't (laughs) tell me what to do. Oh,
1: yeah. There's plenty of that going on. Yeah. So we're safe. So you're safe, there's, you know, light at the end of the tunnel. Um, In terms of the emotional journey that people are going through, I'm seeing certain heightened emotions uh, of business owners Mm. and of their employees. And sometimes their employees are misconstruing the activities of the business owner who are doing their very best to get enough money together to make payroll at the end of this month. Mm. So... Um, you know, we just had a little bit of a conversation about the emotional journey before we started to record, and you, you shared some really sort of insightful observations, were drawing on some very well understood behavioural models. So, mm-hmm. did you want to talk about, you know, the grief curve to start off
0: with? The grief cycle, and to talk about that, this is really important because if we just look at in the future right now, all of my goals, all of my dreams, everything that I want to happen in the future, has just been wiped clean. I've got a clean future. There's nothing out there. And the problem with nothing out there in the future, you have nothing to live for. See what happens with goals, when you set a goal, and it might be for the 19th of July, 2022, that creates a future memory. But when a pandemic comes through and all of a sudden, all these goals are just wiped off the face of your earth in your future, all of a sudden you start to go in the grief cycle because you start to grieve the loss of your future. Right. And this is having a big impact. So, Let me take our friends through the five stages of the grief cycle, and this is part of emotional intelligence. First of all, it's about self-awareness. It's about being very clear of where you are in the grief cycle right now, and I'm going to map out what happened in Australia and what's happened in the UK, but also from an empathy perspective. So empathy is the ability to read other people's emotional makeup and if you don't understand where they they are in the grief cycle you're going to make some major communication errors and you're going to put a lot of people offside sure so let's learn about that the first stage of the grief cycle is denial and in taiwan we're just um, 250 kilometers away from china when COVID 19 hit china we knew that they're our neighbours. This is really close to us. Yes. We know that it could blow across in the wind. We have flights going to and from Taiwan and China. It's going to come to our shores. Nobody in here said it's never going to happen to us. Right. But unfortunately, our friends in Australia, they said, hey, we're a supercontinent. Look at the size of us. We're in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. Nothing can get to us. Yeah. And the Australians just said, it's not coming here. So we accepted that it was going to come to our shores where a lot of other people are in denial right now. They're saying, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe it. We are all the way over here in Europe. How did it get here? And so this is the start of the grief cycle. It starts with denial. And everybody's got to remember that denial is not a river in Egypt. (laughs) Denial. You (laughs) don't believe it's happening. So just remember that. It's not a river in Egypt. The next thing that happens is they start to to get angry. And what happens is we get angry. And because all of a sudden our future and those things we want have been taken away and we get angry, we get frustrated. There's people out there expressing rage. And if you don't believe this is true, go to social media. There's people punching on over hand sanitizer and toilet rolls. This is rage and frustration. And this is when people get hot-headed. I want you to think of anger like an angry bird, redhead. See, people are fuming right now. Last week, I had a secure job. This week, I don't have a job. Last week, I had a full bank account. This week, it's in debt. And people are angry. And how we deal with anger is very different to how we deal with sadness and fear. So we have to identify the people who are in anger. If you're angry right now, The best thing you can start to do is move your body. You might be on lockdown, but you can still do star jumps. So there's a correlation between how you feel and the thoughts that you have. If you have a lot of anger in your body, you'll have a lot of acid in your body, you'll consume poor food, you'll make bad choices, you can't think straight. So, how do you get anger out of the body? You've got to hit things. This is why people are fighting. Mm. The fastest way to get anger out of your body is to hit somebody, <laughs> but it's not yeah. socially acceptable. So, what no, it's you've got, to, what you've got <laughs> yeah. to do is you've got to get anger out of the body. And the best way to do it is to jump up and down, slam your feet on the floor. So, do some star jumps, get it out of the body. Yeah. Hey, Gavin here.
1: Thank you for taking the
0: time to listen to this
1: mini-series within the Business Mastermind podcast entitled Keep Your Boat Afloat, Business Survival Guide in COVID-19 Times. If you're getting value from this, please do share it across your social media networks and to your business colleagues and acquaintance. Because I've gone out and got a number of guests lined up that will really help such as the MD of the British Business Bank, a business disaster planning specialist, people around marketing and around mindset at this crucial time, including an Olympic athlete. So there's some really fantastic and really high caliber content coming your way, designed to help and support you through these challenging times. I've also put together a PDF Entitled the same, Keep Your Boat Afloat, a business survival guide during COVID-19 times. You can get that free at bit.ly, Keep Your Boat Afloat. So you go to this link, bit, or this URL, sorry, bit.ly forward slash Keep Your Boat Afloat, all lowercase, all one word, bit.ly forward slash Keep Your Boat Afloat. I cover eight areas around employees, cash strategies, the supply to your business, suppliers, your customers, pivot and adapt, your marketing, your mindset, and your community. You'll get a lot of value from that as well in support of, in addition to, what you'll find listening to this mini-series, Keep Your Boat Afloat. So that URL again, bit.ly forward slash afloat. And most of all, take care and look
0: after those closest to you. The third part of the grief cycle is blame. And this is probably one of the worst things that employees can do to their bosses right now. It's probably the worst thing that you can do for your country. So in Australia, when the fires hit, yeah. people blamed our politicians because of the bloody politicians, our country's on fire. Nothing that they did. But see, this is natural. People just want to pin blame somebody somewhere. But blame is the opposite to accepting responsibility. You know, you are in control of your life. Nobody's to blame about this. If it's a conspiracy, it's far beyond us. We can't do anything about it. Mm. But all you can be is in control of your own life. So if you've lost your job, you can't blame the boss. You know, they have a business to run. They have debts that have to be paid as well. I've heard of people writing off their boss and talking negatively on social media about their boss. Don't blame the boss. It's not his fault. But the the boss is not going to blame, and he should not be blaming uh, his employees either. But everybody goes into this blame cycle. It's natural. So if somebody's blaming you for it, just identify that's the third part of the grief cycle. But you've got to move on. You are responsible for your life. You are responsible for your family. Just accept responsibility as quickly as you can. The fourth stage is depression. And people can move through this cycle really quickly. They go from denial to anger to blame, but then a lot of people get stuck in depression. And depression is long-term sadness, and there's a lot of grief in depression. And what people are uh, grieving about is their lost future. But the thing about the future, ladies and gentlemen, please just uh, accept this as a fact: is that your future was never guaranteed. Mm. You're grieving the loss of, of about something that didn't even happen yet. You wanted it to happen. It hasn't happened, it might not happen, but you're grieving the loss of your future. And if you can accept that it hadn't happened yet, then you can start to set some new goals. But the longer you grieve the loss of your career, your livelihood, your losses, the more deeper into depression you're going to go. And in depression, you're going to get the blues. And there's people who are still depressed about the recession in the 80s. There's people who are still depressed about the uh, GFC. But there was a great book uh, written years ago um, by a guy named Dr. Uh, Victor somebody, and it was about surviving the Holocaust. And see so what happened through the, Dr. Victor Frankl. Through the Holocaust, yeah. the people who found meaning to life, they were exposed to the most treacherous things. Like, you're never going to see that again in the world, I don't believe. And coronavirus is not as bad as that. But what they did, they took and found positive meaning to their experience, and they moved on with their life. They became self-made millionaires and billionaires. They got out of that depression and they moved into the fifth stage, which is acceptance. And if you can just accept that this is the new world, and if you can accept that you've lost your job, your livelihood, your dreams, what happens is you start to take responsibility and you say, this too shall pass. Mm. That's, that's it. It's happened. I can't do anything about it. The only thing I can do is learn from it and move forward. And the faster we can all get to acceptance and move forward, we'll start to re-engineer, we'll start to reinvent our businesses. And we're seeing that here in Taiwan already. So a recap of those five stages of the group cycle. One is denial. It's not a river in Egypt. <laughs> Just accept and you don't have to go through this whole, whole cycle. The second part is anger. And people are angry. They're frustrated. What you've got to do is you've got to start to move your body. You've got to get the anger out of the body so you can get clear-headed. The third stage is blame. Nobody did this to you. Nobody went and landed this in on your plate on purpose. It's just part of the way the world works. It's happened, so what? Accept it. Fourthly is depression. Avoid depression by accepting. Avoid it by grieving the loss of a future. Remember, the future hasn't happened. You didn't actually lose anything. It's a perceived loss. It's a perception. And fifthly, acceptance. If you can accept responsibility for your life and for what you're going to do next, you will breeze through this and you will see million-dollar ideas being presented them to you every day. And I bet there's already self-made millionaires in this first three months of coronavirus. You know, there's people out there, um, I, I, a cousin of mine bought half a million masks, sold them, tripled his money. Right. <laughs> there's always a silver lining if you pay attention. Yeah, Absolutely.
1: And I think there was another insight that you had which I thought was really, really, really profound was that Maslow's hierarchy of needs has been flipped on its head. So um, there's a, a, a bit of assumed knowledge there about what, what those levels are. So we're, if you just want to run us through those, those hierarchy of needs and then you point about it being flipped on its head.
0: Well, with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, there's five level of needs that we all go through at different periods of our life. The most basic need for all of us is the need for survival, food and water, the most basic things. The second thing is security, security of our homes where we live, the security of us as a person, you know, not being threatened by anybody, the security of our jobs. We also have belongingness and loving needs. This is where we have to feel we belong to a group or we're in a relationship. That's the third level. The fourth level is esteem. This is self-confidence. This is esteem. And then we have self-actualization. And this is where you've become everything that you can possibly be. And right now, this has been flipped on its head. People who are at self-actualization, people who were self-made millionaires, I can promise you right now, they're down at survival because they've just lost all their investments. They've lost their livelihoods gentleman in America the other day, a billion-dollar businessman in the restaurant game, within two weeks, he was bankrupt. No way. So people see him driving down the street in his, probably his Rolls Royce, but they probably don't realise that it's going to be taken away from him in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So what happens is people quickly come down to the very bottom layers of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Those people who had high levels of self-esteem just last week are struggling to survive this week. Wow. Those people who belong to a business or a group, you know, my father's a member of Rotary, a group, very important, he can't even go see his Rotarian members anymore. Mm. He's back to, he's fine, he's back into security, he's fine, but he misses out on that. Sure. A lot of people who had a job yesterday don't have one today, which puts them straight down into survival. Yeah. And the interesting thing about Maslow's hierarchy of needs when it comes to empathy we have to be able to look at this person across from us and assess where they are. So if you're in survival and somebody's talking to you about esteem, hey, Gavin, let's have some confidence right now. Let's be positive. Turn that frown upside down. You want to shoot <laughs> them in the bloody head because they've just mismatched you. Uh, Why? Sure. Why should I be putting a smile on my face when I can only think about food? Hmm. So when we go back down to survival, there's going to be a lot of people right now who are living day today. Some people are probably living meal to meal. And if you're living hand to mouth, uh, meal to meal, you actually can't think beyond your next meal. Because if you don't eat, you die. Mm. You can't think about putting a smile on your face. for sure. You can't think (laughs) about tithing at the church because you've got no cash. So look at people and just figure out where they're at. It doesn't determine who they are. You just got to figure out where they're at Mm. so you can communicate to them effectively. There's going to be people right now, when it comes to security, their security is threatened. They don't know if they're going to have a job tomorrow, but they still have security of a job today. They don't know if their job or their business is going to exist. So what we have to deal with here is security needs. So if you're in security needs right now, what can you do to secure your job? You know, Have you thought about bringing additional value to the business? See, one of the things in economic downturns is it's the people who bring the less value lose their jobs first. Yes, for sure. People who had high value have job security. Mm-hmm. So don't envy them. Just go and be one of those persons who brings the the company a new idea and say, hey, look, we could do this. We could actually make it through. And remember, at this time, you might only have an idea that gets you through day-to-day and you keep job. That's okay. It might keep your job safe for another week. At least your family is safe and secure for another week.
1: Yeah.
0: So- Actively look where people are, and I can tell you that there's going to be a few people who have belonging and esteem needs, and these people are probably in their yearning years. You know, there's three parts of your life. There's your learning years, your earning years, and your yearning years. The children who are learning right now, it's like my kids, they don't even know what's happening. I'm not going to tell them because they just have to learn. Leave them out of it. Don't let them see what you're going through. The next years are the earning years, and the people who are listening to this podcast are in their earning years right now. This message is for you. The people who are in their yearning years, like my dad, my dad works for fun. You know, he's going to live for another 20 years, but none of this is really going to impact him. And if it does, I'm earning, so I'll fund his life anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Sure, sure. So just take all of Maslow's hierarchy. Most people will be in survival mode if they're living day-to-day Talk to them about day-to-day events. They can't consider a long-term goal. Talk to these people about immediate goals, 24-hour goals. When it comes to people who are just facing security, how do I just keep my house ahead of on a roof above our heads? Talk to them about short-term goals. What can you do this week to survive? And that's where most people are at right now, in my opinion.
1: Really, really good, solid advice. And... If if you can meet people where they are, if you can match where they are on their own experience, you're going to gain rapport and um, that empathy is shared, it's a shared experience, then you'll go on a journey together rather than that kind of like mismatch. And that that having empathy for others is is much of a, a business owner, an employer having empathy for where his team are, his employees are, and the other way around too, that those employees have to have empathy that that business owner is probably doing everything they can to to keep their business afloat.
0: We owned a pawnbroking business and we were in there for 17 years. Yeah. And for an employee right now, it's hard to empathize with the employer. But let me give you an insight. When we owned the porn business, we would see these business owners driving their Mercedes and BMWs, but they were down at our uh, pawn shop hocking their Rolex. The reason why they were hocking their $20,000 Rolex was to ensure that their employees got paid at the end of the week. Yeah. See, the employee had no idea where the money was coming from. They just wanted to make sure it was in their hand at the end of the week. Yeah. And employers out there right now, they will be down at the hock shop yeah. pawning their goods. I guarantee because an employer doesn't want to see his people be harmed. Yeah. And so you've got to look beyond and what's happening in their life right now. Just walk a mile in their shoes. We used to work with builders, and these builders, they'd do two things. They would get paid by check from the people they were doing work for, they would come down to our pawn shop and have the check cashed and they would lose about 15% right. of that to us because they needed the money immediately. Yeah. And they would take a 15% cut on that check so they could pay their workmen at the end of the week. Wow. But they never told the workmen where they got the money from. Yeah. The other thing that they did, they would bring in all of their tools of the trade, the bricklaying equipment at about 3pm when everybody knocked off. They said, look, we'll come back in a few minutes. We'll meet you at the pub i would come down, hock everything, and then meet the fellas at the pub with a smile on their face, buy them a beer, wow. give them their pay. But the insight here, Gavin, is the interest rate at the pawn shop is 20% per month or part thereof. So if he borrows, we'll just call it $1,000, the interest is $200 on Monday morning wow. yep. just to pay the people. And they would never say a thing because there's so much shame. And so much embarrassment for them. There's no shame or embarrassment in it in reality, but that's how they feel. And all they want to do is make sure their people get paid. And we saw more business owners go without food than an employer, employee ever went without food. So step back and think about what value you can bring to the business right now. And one of the things about employers, it's easy to go and get another job. But for a business owner, there is no plan B. Like me as a business owner, I don't have an education. There is no plan B. I can only make this business work. Mm. And I've still got to provide work for all the other people who rely on me. We have a family company. It's owned by my cousins. They employ 500 people. Imagine the pressure on them should their business fold. It's not just losing 500 employees, but it's impacting the lives of more than 2,000 people. They have to go to sleep at night thinking about that. Yeah, it's a totally different ball game. It is
1: so. Uh, sort of final, final words of optimism then and encouragement for people that are at whatever stage of that um, grief curve.
0: This too, this too shall pass. Yeah, you know we we are designed to survive. We don't know why well, why we survive. We can sit goals but we don't know what's going to happen after this the thing that all of us have in common with every other living organism on the planet is the will to survive so all we have to do is if we survive day to day that's okay right now if we can make it week to week that's excellent but we're just designed to survive and in this world we've faced things that are harder than this like the holocaust we went through that we're a better race we're going to get through this we're going to be a better race because of it but your job is just to survive live hand to mouth there's no shame in asking for help. If you, have to, if you need help, reach out to us. Ask for help. And what I believe, Gavin, is asking for help is a sign of strength. And it's the people who ask for help right now are the people who are going to survive. Other people are going to think about shame and embarrassment asking for help. And what's going to happen? They're going to collapse and they're going to suffer more than anybody else. So ask for help.
1: That's brilliant, Daniel. And if anybody wants to reach out to you, how do they do that?
0: Head over to my website, danieltolson.com com uh, type in my name into facebook uh you can find me on facebook and come and hang out in our facebook lives and ask good questions and uh, we can also give you ideas of what other people are doing to survive through COVID 19 that's great
1: daniel you're a star thank you so much my pleasure anytime you've been listening to the business mastermind podcast be sure to subscribe rate and review so that more people like you can get their business back on their own terms, enjoy more success, and create more impact.